If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me tell hey everyone, welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. Today, I have my brother back on as we talk week 14 of the NFL season. I can't believe it's already week 14. A lot of big upsets, a lot of exciting games. The Pats losing on that crazy hook and lateral at the end of the game. And then also the Rams not showing up and losing to the Chicago Bears. And then KC and Baltimore. What a game that was. Uh, Lamar Jackson almost led Baltimore to to win that game. And me and my brother, we just kind of go through all the games talk through the AFC and NFC playoff picture and of course we end the podcast talking about fantasy football Um, earlier today um, we got news that DeFilippo for the Vikings the offensive coordinator got fired didn't be wasn't able to comment on that Um, just give my quick thoughts here I think during that Minnesota game last night Monday night um, it seemed like Mike Zimmer was pretty, pretty frustrated um, on the sidelines with the play calling, especially getting shut out um, during most of the game and then get, getting a quick garbage time touchdown at the end of the game. It seemed like Zimmer was pretty frustrated uh, with the offensive play calling, not being able to run the ball as much just because that's kind of the guy that he is. And DiFilippo kind of comes from the Andy Reid tree of coaching of throwing the ball a lot more, and Kirk Cousins hasn't been able to live up to that $84 million deal. So I'm kind of curious how the play calling changes for the Vikings and if it's enough to shake up the NFC playoff picture. Because as of now, they're the sixth seed, um, but the way they've been playing, it doesn't look like they will be able to get that. So listen in uh, today on all the stuff that we have to bring to you guys, and um, let's give my brother a call. Hello. Hey, Mike. Great to have you back on the podcast this week. And of course, we're talking about week 14 of the NFL season. And man, this week was, for whatever reason, insanely crazy with the amount of stuff that ended up happening this week. Yeah, there were a lot of close games this week. So I, I mean, compared to some of the other weeks where it was one of those weeks you might want to, uh, you know, do something do something besides football I think this was a week to watch yeah it was such an action-packed week just a lot of close games there are a couple upsets games that we weren't expecting to happen um, and I guess the only place where we can really start is since our Jets aren't doing great this season it's good to watch the Patriots lose and especially with the way they lost this weekend oh so satisfying Oh, my God. So satisfying to watch. But why don't we talk about that game? Talk about the play and and your reaction to watching it and seeing Gronk and trying to defend defend Kenyon Drake going to the pylon and he was slipping and falling and couldn't make the tackle. What was your what was your reaction on Gronk being in on the play? to defend that play and then his attempt at trying to make a tackle. Yeah. So, I mean, you could understand and see where, what Belichick was thinking with the play, right? He, you know, Ryan Chanhill probably just going to throw up a Hail Mary. Um, Instead they go with these, you know, lateral passes and Gronk just gets exposed where he just doesn't have the angle and he misses a tackle. Um, you, you could see us thinking like Gronk is a big body. He could knock down some passes. It's worked for them in the past, right? Um, you know, where they put in Gronk and he's been able to swat down balls. But, you know, when the quarterback, Ryan Janahill, is playing on one leg, uh, you might you might expect maybe a shorter pass in that kind of lateral play. And to not, you know, have someone like a, a safety there, someone a little bit quicker than Gronk. You know, obviously that's a little bit of a 
you know, costly mistake. Right. And I think the problem with maybe Belichick's thinking on that play was even if they threw Hail Mary, Tannehill would have had to throw like a 70 yard pass in the air, which is a pass that not many guys can make, especially in an NFL game. And Mm -hmm. it just seemed like with where the Dolphins were on the field, the only logical play was for them to do the hook and lateral, that Boise State type of play. And it didn't seem like the Patriots were too prepared for that at all. Because it seemed like, I mean, the laterals themselves, they weren't anything like crazy or special. It's not like any of these players like reversed field or anything. It was just like two quick laterals and then Kenyon Drake gets the ball and basically blows past the all the Pats defenders. So mm-hmm. I just felt like it was a little bit too easy for something like that to happen. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, this might speak towards a little bit of the Pats secondary here, but you know, Ryan Tannehill, 14-19, averaging 14 yards, um, 155 passer rating here, like, you know, they were they were getting pretty lit up by a quarterback with one leg. Uh, he had three touchdowns as well. Um, so this, you know, New England Patriots defense is just not too impressive, especially in the secondary. Like, he still managed to get five sacks, which is pretty incredible. But, you know, that secondary, like, if every team is just going to light them up from the air, it's you, you, you sort of see a world where, like, you know, KC or Pittsburgh – uh, might have a field day against these two. Yeah, I mean, you. I think it's just a lot of. It, it, I mean, I think it was one a couple of things that ended up happening in in this game. Just special teams wise, um, they were able to they're able to block two punts in, in special teams, so they're able to take advantage there. But for some reason, Gostowski misses extra point, misses a field goal like uncharacteristic game from Tom Brady in that at the end of the first half, he's usually really great at time management and then ends up taking a sack without any timeouts left and then weren't able to capitalize in the red zone and score any points at the end of the half. So that's like a potential miss of seven points right there. And if they had those seven points, I mean, they would have comfortably won this game. And it just kind of shows even those like minute details that they missed out on really costed them this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy that Belichick is always so detail oriented and um, the little details lost in the game. And, you know, if you're a Patriots fan, though, I'm not sure you're that this. I mean, you're super unhappy with the results of this, but. To be able to see Tom Brady play the way he did and see him connect with Gronkowski, Gordon, Edelman um, in this way, I, I think that's sort of a positive takeaway from this game, though. Yeah, I think the positive takeaway is that the Gronk-Brady connection is still there when they want it to be there and when they mm-hmm. want to utilize it. It seems like they've been preser- preserving Gronkowski throughout the season, kind of trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs and for the playoff run. So it seems like if they want to use Gronkowski to his full capabilities, they'll be able to utilize him, kind of utilize him in the middle of the field, use him in the red zone. And I think he'd be a valuable weapon, maybe not anymore on on um, – the last play package or whatever for him to be one of the defenders, unless it's like a for sure Hail Mary situation. But mm-hmm. I I think, I think that's one of the positives. Brady kind of had one of his better games today. It just seemed like the, the defensive side of the ball, maybe the, some of the coaching wasn't there. Yeah, which which again is very surprising from a Bill Belichick coach team. Uh, I, I I mean I think they shore it up next week and actually, um, honestly probably get the win over the Pats. Uh, it's called the Steelers next week, even though they're away. Agreed. So why don't we even jump over the Steelers right now? Um, mm-hmm. The Steelers had a hook and lateral play of their own to set up a 
potential game tying field goal. And Chris Boswell, he ends up approaching the field goal and ends up slipping to miss the game tying field goal against the Raiders. And I mean, that's not a great loss for the Steelers at all. Not a good game, not a good result. And especially with the Raiders where they're sitting, they're probably at the bottom of the league in the running for the first pick of the draft. So it's not like they have a ton of motivation to win this game, whereas the Steelers are in the thick of the playoff race. And, I mean, I think the theme of this game is whether or not Big Ben's okay because Joshua Dobbs played a decent amount of the second half before Mm -hmm. Big Ben kind of led them um, in the second – when he came back in in the second half to lead them back – in those late drives to try to salvage something for the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, that'd be my biggest worry here that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be healthy for you. Uh, I mean, he was playing really well against, obviously it's the Raiders, but he's playing really well against Raiders while he was in. Um, But this is like the second week in a row that the Raiders have been surprisingly uh, a little bit frisky though. I know you were there to witness it last week. And then, I, I mean, for my, for my sake, I'm hoping Big Ben's okay because he's on my fantasy team and I'm still in the playoffs. So I'm hoping for his health. It's It was reported that he hurt a rib or something like that, but mm-hmm. it was just a night and day difference when him between him and Joshua Dobbs. Obviously, Dobbs is a young quarterback, but Big Ben is definitely needed for the Steelers to be able to run efficiently and move the move efficiently um, up and down the field and especially with James Conner out right now too. And whether or not there's questions, if he's going to be in that Pats game um, next week, big Ben's health is an imperative for this Pittsburgh team to move forward throughout uh, the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and, and they really need him right now to stem the sort of blood right now. Um, you know, Steelers, are currently looking at a um, you know, three-game losing streak against some pretty questionable teams, like the Broncos, the Raiders here. And it doesn't get any easier with the Pats and the Saints coming up too. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that later, but is there a world where they maybe don't even need make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it later um, because there are like – three, six, seven, and six teams on the outside looking in right now, um, mm-hmm. nipping at the Steelers' uh, heels. They're still they're still leading uh, the NFC North division by, like, half a game um, yep. um, over the Ravens. And, that, and we could kind of jump over to the Ravens-Chiefs game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that game was probably the game of the week for me. I thought that was one of the better games this week. And... I was pretty impressed, actually, by the Ravens' um, defense and how they're able to kind of contain Mahomes for a decent portion of that second half. And Lamar Jackson kind of kind of impressed me with his legs. And even though he wasn't that accurate with his arm, he was able to make a decent amount of plays to keep uh, the yep. Ravens in the game. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I, something about having Lamar Jackson on the field, it's, it, it just makes the Ravens running backs so much more lethal just because, you, like, as a defensive player, you don't know where it's going to go. Um, you have two, two, like, legitimate threats who could carry the ball for, you know, five-plus yards uh, anytime they have it. So, you know, having Lamar Jackson has really reinvigorated the run game for them. And that's sort of what they did. They sort of controlled the time uh, with a lot of runs. Um, and the defense, yeah, very, very impressive stuff from the Ravens to sort of be able to show up from in, in you know, an away game. Right, right. And I, I was pretty impressed by how good they looked at Arrowhead in an away game. And it seems like Harbaugh kind of knows his team in that, like, they're going to try to get some chunk yards from run plays on first and second down, try to keep third down pretty manageable so that Mm -hmm. he doesn't put Lamar Jackson in tough situations. Now, I think it's going to be a really interesting situation slash, slash scenario for them 
when Joe Flacco ends up coming back, it looks like he might be able to come back next week. What's the decision there in terms of if you're John Harbaugh, what what decision are you making in terms of who you're starting at quarterback? I mean, who would you start? I mean, I I would expect Lamar Jackson to continue playing. Yeah, I mean, I would probably expect Lamar Jackson to play because just just the threat, like you mentioned, of the options um, when he with like the RPOs and stuff like that, I think he gives them more versatility on offense when he can kind of run and tuck, like tuck and run the mm-hmm. ball and gives them an added dimension of that offense. Yeah, I mean, agreed. And it's, it's, I mean, Lamar Jackson has played pretty well so far. Joe Flacco, you know, it, it just, they weren't, really a playoff threat but you know it seems like having Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position has really just reinvigorated the team I mean they're they had previously won three pretty solid games against the Bengals Raiders and Falcons um a tough loss against the Chiefs but you know they have a lot of manageable games here and I think they're in a good position to maybe make a playoff run and win the North Right. Between the two teams that we mentioned in the North, the Steelers and the Ravens, who would you have winning the North? Because if you look at each of their schedules, the Ravens have the Bucks next week, then the Chargers, then the Browns in the last three games uh, of the season. And then the Steelers have the Pats next week, the Saints the week after that, and then the Bengals to, uh, to close the regular season out. It, it seems like the schedule favors the Ravens in terms of ease of schedule, but I want to get your, I guess, take on what team you would take to win the North as of now. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, without a doubt, like I'd favor, I, I, I mean, I'd probably say for the Ravens here, actually, mm-hmm. right? Like the Ravens, they, they should be able to beat the Bucks. And the Chargers, you know, they're at the Chargers. Um, you would think that the Chargers would win that game. But, you know, I, I don't fully trust the Chargers. That's not a give me win either. Um, you know, Ravens at home, if, you know, if you lose to the Browns to decide your playoff race, like you don't deserve to be in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, it, you know, Steelers, like, you know, they have the Pats. And for me, I do think the Pats go in to, uh, you know, Hinesfield and, and, and get the victory there. Saints in the Dome, I also, you know, Ben Roethlisberger does not play well at away games. Um, you know, Saints probably trying to get that number one seed away from the Rams here too, right? So, you know, I could see the Pittsburgh losing that game. And, you know, if they win that final game, they're 8-7-1, right? And assuming that Baltimore gets two wins there, uh, you know, they'd win that division. Yeah, and I, I mean, if that's the case – and Baltimore is able to pull it out. I'm not even entirely sure if the Steelers finish at eight, seven, and one. They make the playoffs because um, looking at the rest of the the teams, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Titans, Broncos. I mean, I'm not exactly sure if they make the playoffs. I don't know if you want to get into this now, and we could talk about it now, or or if you want to kind of run through the other games. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was one, there was a couple other games that I did want to talk about, but that was, that's like on the NFC side of things. So we could kind of keep this on the AFC side right now, mm. and then we could talk NFC later. But looking at the AFC, the Colts, the Dolphins, and the Titans are, are sitting at seven and six. And then the Broncos had like a heartbreaking loss against San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> and they're sitting at six and seven. George Kittle goes Their crazy. Yeah, I know. George Kittle goes crazy, but they're sitting at six and seven. So if they win out, I mean, it's conceivable. There's like a crazy tie at nine and seven, and you just don't really know what ends up happening. But mm. I guess out of your list of playoff teams, one through six, could you list your, list your one through six ranking as of today? Yeah, so my one through six would probably go as, you know, first seed, we have the Chiefs. Um, I I don't think that the Chargers will catch them. 
I think my second seed would be the Pats. Um, my third seed probably going to the Texans. And your fourth seed going to the Ravens, actually. Right. Fifth mm-hmm. year, you definitely have the Chargers. And then your sixth seed, this is where it gets a little, yeah, it's either the Colts or the Steelers for me here. Okay. Um, it's a little crazy because before I had the Colts making that sixth seed, but oh, let's let, let's play this out. So assuming that Steelers go eight, seven, and one, and then the Colts, you know, they I'll say they, they're they the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. That's an interesting game. Yep. And then they have the Giants and Titans. And the Giants haven't been playing badly. They've been playing actually pretty good over the last two weeks, uh, getting two wins, blowing out the Redskins this past week. Um, and then Titans, that could just be like a, a toss-up game in terms of like winners, winner stays and loser goes home type of thing. So who knows in that last game what ends up happening. But the t- it's like a toss-up. I would favor the Colts in that last game. Yeah, I would the actually. Titans. I'd favor um, the Colts here to make the playoffs, actually. Yeah. The crazy thing about the Dolphins' win against the Patriots is how they've set themselves up for the playoffs. And that I think they're the most likely team to go 2-1-1 over the last three games and be, finish at 9-7. and seven. Because they have the Vikings who struggled mightily over the past couple of weeks. I know. I, I was um, pretty high on the Vikings here. Yeah. And then they have the Jaguars and then the Bills. So it's not like they have a murderer's row of the schedule. So but it's not it's, like I'd favor the Dolphins here against any of those teams, to be honest. Besides yeah. I'm, I mean, Jaguars are four and nine, sitting at four and nine right now, too. So I, I think they would be favored in that game, especially with it being at home. Mm-hmm. They would be two and one. They it's conceivable they finish two and one and be sitting at nine and seven to possibly edge out the Steelers. And, and should I make the bold prediction that the Miami Dolphins are going to be the sixth seed in the playoffs? Do you oh, think so? Man. Yeah, let me go with, go for that. I think the Dolphins, as of today, I have them as my sixth seed. Oh my God! I hope not. That that'd be the worst. I know that would not be a great three six matchup between Texans and the Dolphins. I don't know if I'd want to watch that game um nope. at all. But yeah, I mean I'm hoping it's the Steelers just for the sake of I think they would have the most potential to make a playoff run. Um mm-hmm. just with the veteran players that they have on offense with Big Ben. Um hopefully Connor's able to come back healthy. But they've put themselves in a pretty precarious situation with them losing to the Raiders. Because if they had won that Raiders game, I think yeah, it's it would, pretty it would much be clinched. pretty much pretty comfortable for them to make it. But mm-hmm. now with the Pats coming up next week and then the Saints the game the week after that, it's possible they're sitting at seven, seven and one um on the outside looking in. And yeah. so I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, and the Colts, it's not like they have, those are all toss up games for me um, between the Colts and the rest of their schedule. We haven't really talked about the Titans. They have the Giants, the Redskins and the Colts left. Um, it's not, I think they're pretty, they'd be favored in the, in that Redskins game, the Giants game, somewhat of a toss up, I would say. And then the Colts game is a total toss up and the Broncos have the Browns, the Raiders and the Chargers. So I think the Broncos, they can conceivably go three and zero to finish at nine and seven because the Browns, that's a pretty winnable game. The red, the Raiders, even though they won this past week, they're three and 10. And then the Chargers might be resting players because they would, they might just be locked into that last, into that fifth seed. Um, in order to rest for the playoffs. So I could definitely see the Broncos winning that game as well. So who, like, it's basically just like a huge mess right now and trying to sift through everything is really tough. But as of today, December 
late into December 11th or early morning, December 11th, I'm taking the Dolphins, which is kind of crazy and probably an overreaction to the hook and lateral play. Wow. Wow. That is a bold prediction. I mean, so you, do you have the Chiefs, Patriots, Texans? I pretty much have the same, same exact uh, seating, except I have the Dolphins instead of you have the Colts right now, right? Yeah. I'm hearing. I'd favor the Colts here, and um, honestly, yeah, I, I'd probably favor the Colts here. Yeah, so I think that's kind of some of some of my convictions regarding this AFC playoff race, and I'm just really excited to watch the games for next week just to see how it how it sorts itself out um, because I think that's when when it starts to get fun trying to figure out what ends up happening at all these permutations happen like on ESPN, they have like the Mm -hmm. the playoff machine and trying to figure out like all the wins and losses. Um, The tiebreakers get really interesting, especially with the introduction of like these teams that have ties in their records, like the Steelers and then also like the, like the Vikings in the NFC. So why don't we swing over to the NFC right now? Uh, look at their playoff race, talk about some of the games that happened uh, this week for them. And I think that the m- most interesting two two games that were really interesting on the NFC side of things that affected the playoff race was yeah. the Dallas win over the Eagles. And that was another really exciting overtime game. And that was a great you, game. You, you alluded to it before. Amari Cooper, he ended up, ended up stepping up. Um, he did a great job for for a lot of fantasy owners who ended up probably picking up picking him off up off the waiver wire or maybe maybe like acquired him through like um, a trade or something like that. But he, it seems like if if Dallas was presented with that trade, they would do that all over again, regardless of the price, because of how his presence has kind of changed the complexion of their season. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, for all the times we made fun of Jerry Jones, and we definitely did uh, for that. And first. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're one of the hottest teams right now, winning a, with a five-game win streak against some pretty tough competition. So they're definitely no joke here. Uh, I mean, I would think that they are – you know, going to win the NFC East at this point, right? Yeah. I Looking at the remaining schedule, they have the Colts, the Bucks, and the Giants. So I would pretty comfortably put them as winning the NFC East. At yeah, this point. I favor them over. I probably favor them in all three games, actually. Yeah, yeah. I would, too. I think I would probably favor them in all three games as of right now. Yeah, and overall looks like a great deal for them. But, yeah, I'm sure, you know, the other game that we wanted to talk about, you know, Eagles-Cowboys, fantastic game. Uh, Amari Cooper helps me in both my fantasy leagues, uh, you know, get some good points in, in the playoffs. But um, Wait, before you before you move on to the next game, I did want to talk about a little bit about, like, Philly's struggles because I thought Carson Wentz looked pretty bad in that game until, like, late in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, quarter, he turned it on. But that first half, they were not able to move the ball at all against that, that Dallas defense. And, I mean, some of my friends that are Philly fans were kind of sick of it, and they're just like, throw Nick Foles in there at this point. But, like, <laughs> I, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But Carson Wentz seemed to struggle with some of the – I don't know. It just seemed like he was struggling with some of the speed of the game and the timing aspect of, of like being on the same page with some of his receivers. And I'm not sure if the play calling itself was great in that they, it seems like they've lost a lot in the running back position as well. Yeah. I mean, overall, he's had a solid season here. He has 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 70% completion rating. So it's, it's not a bad season, but you're right. Like something has seemed a little bit off with Carson Wentz this whole 
uh, year. And part of it's a run game. They don't have Ajayi anymore. Um, even Blunt helped them out a lot less last year. But, um, you know, on the receiving end, they just don't have, you know, they, they definitely have the weapons here. And actually the defense was pretty impressive against the Cowboys um, as well. They were just on the field for an immense amount of time. Yeah, and it was kind of unfortunate the way the game ended, too, because the guy ended up deflecting the ball. <laughs> Douglas. Yeah, and then and then Amari Cooper just ended up catching it in midair, running in for the touchdown. So that was somewhat unfortunate and like a fluky type of play that they were able to lose on. But I thought, I mean, I was pretty impressed with how Dallas was able to um, move the ball. I thought Dak looked okay he he missed mm-hmm. a lot of open players though like he had a he had a couple of throws that he just missed on where this game could have been like a blowout I thought but yeah he definitely missed on some of these like throws and things like that so it seems like Jason Garrett's going to be keeping his job job for the unforeseen future and Dak Maybe Prescott, a little extension yeah and Dak, Dak Prescott's going to get his extension as well so I don't know how happy that makes Cowboys fans in general, especially with this kind of hot streak they've been having. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Dak, Dak played pretty well, actually. I mean, he had 450 yards here, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I guess if you're watching that game, though, like, I agree he missed some of the shorter throws. Even that last throw to Amari Cooper, right? Got a little lucky that wasn't picked off. Yeah. Um, it's agreed. It's almost like his anticipation, right? Whereas a Drew Brees, he just like perfectly anticipates where his player's going to be. It sometimes seems like Dak is not on the same uh, wavelength as his receivers. Like they're just not, they don't have that communication yet. And the the two throws to Amari Cooper where, um, <clears throat> you know, just basically a deep route, right? Just yeah, like just like Cooper a straight, sort of, straight go route, like trying yeah. to beat his man off off the line and then just blow by him type of thing. Yeah, those were very impressive throws, but I agree the consistency and anticipation for some of the sharper, you know, cuts and, um, you know, understanding his receivers, little nuances, like it, it doesn't seem like he has that. Right. So I think as we kind of transition into their, the next game that I did want to talk about was that Rams, Chicago, the Rams, um, Bears game and that was the Sunday night game and I found that game to be really fascinating for me because I think you saw a lot of the struggles that young quarterbacks can have especially in like that type of weather of like it was a cold weather game in Chicago and you clearly saw Jared Goff struggle he he turned the ball over four times Mitchell Trubisky didn't have a better game really either. He turned it over three times through three picks. So what were your thoughts just kind of like the game plan and the overall game script that Sean McVay kind of laid out for the Rams against this really vaunted Chicago defense? Um, Because I have my own thoughts about it, but I kind of wanted to hear what you thought about their offensive game plan. Yeah, I mean – to me, Jared Goff just did not look very good at all that game. Like it, it, it seemed like Chicago. Maybe, maybe it was a cold. I, I, I can't imagine the cold was that big a part of it. I mean, obviously, like some role in the difficulties there. But you know that Chicago defense just really, really stepped up in terms of the pressure of the quarterback and and being draped all over those receivers. I, I couldn't believe how well they stopped Curley, but at the same time uh, were able to just be on top of like Robert Woods, um, you know, Josh Reynolds, right. They just had everyone on lockdown. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I was pretty impressed with the way that like their secondary was able to keep up with a lot of their wide receivers, but yeah, my, my right. And on cooks too. But my, my thing about it is, if you look at if you look at the amount of overall touches that Todd Gurley got, he only got 14 touches, um, and that's 
not enough for him to make a huge impact on a game like this. Like, mm-hmm. I think you should be feeding him the ball at least 20 to 25 times. Um, and especially in a cold weather game. Especially in a cold weather game. And you kind, you could kind of look at the stats and be like, oh, he ran the ball 11 times for 28 yards. He wasn't getting it done. But my thing is you still have to pound the rock. And especially with the type of talent that Todd Gurley is and be able to keep that defense honest, because I think a lot of the times what ended up happening was Khalil Mack knew that they were going to throw and he was just able to pin his ears back and kind of go after Jared Goff, especially with him in that whole defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chicago Bears here, I'm looking at their home record. I mean, they're six and one at home. Uh, obviously a very tough team to play at home when they have the cold going with them. Um, and you know, when you're just playing a hard defense in cold weather, I think it does impact uh, the offensive players quite a bit because, you know, the hits feel a little bit harder and, um, you know, things just aren't coming out as fast when you're the quarterback. Right. And I mean, do you think as like, since the Rams ended up losing that game, what are your thoughts on like their chances for the playoffs? And like, do you feel like they're, do you feel a little bit more down on them because they lost to Chicago and in the manner that they did on Sunday night? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about the Rams here. I I think that this, this team, like if the weather is going to play a factor, like they're going to have most of their games uh, in sunny weather. Right. Um, I do think that Sean McVay is, you know, I think great coaching goes so far in the NFL and, this is a game that you know Sean McVay is going to watch more than a few times um, to understand how he could adjust, right? So I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm not would, too worried here for the yeah. Rams. My only suggestion for Sean McVay is to get the ball to Todd Gurley more than 14 times during the course of the game. So regardless of the game script, I would try to get the ball in Todd Gurley's hands and be a little bit more creative in the way this that they can get it into his hands. I know he, I know McVay loves to pass and stuff, but utilize him on some screen plays or out in the flat, split him out wide, uh, put him in the slot because he's a talented receiver as well. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's my only suggestion for Sean McVay, even though McVay is probably one of the coaching coach of the year candidates. So looking at the rest of the NFC playoff picture, what are your thoughts on the NFC wildcard spots or same question that I posed to you in the AFC for your six, six top six seeds. What are your one through six ranking in the NFC? So I think for me, I probably have the Rams, um, you know, still with number one seed, actually, even with the loss here. Yeah, the Saints right now are above the Rams, um, according to all the tiebreakers. They're both tied at 11-2. and two. So the Saints are currently ranked number one, but in your personal rankings, you have the Rams at number one. Yeah, I personally have the Rams at number one um, over the Saints, but I, you know, the Saints just haven't been as impressive uh, these past few weeks, like really struggling against some um, pretty shoddy teams. Uh, against like the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, uh, you know, they look so good mid-season. It's just like, where, you know, where is that, right? Agreed. Like, Drew Brees hasn't looked the same at all. No, Um, yeah. Yeah. He he definitely hasn't. Yeah. Has not looked like the same, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, who who do you have for the first seed? I I mean, looking at the remaining schedule, I, I actually think that both of them should run the slate, right? The Saints should be able to beat the Panthers, um, both times, right? And, yeah. you know, take care of business against Pittsburgh at I, home. I think the Saints have a tougher schedule, so by default, I think I'm going to just put the Rams at number one um, right now, um, and then the Saints at two, and then I'd have the Bears at three, and then the fourth seed would be the Cowboys. Um, 
the five seed for me is pretty locked in with the Seahawks. And then I think the six seed is all up in the air. I'm not trusting the Vikings at this point. Um, nope. But, I mean, they have the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Bears left on their schedule. And then they have three, six, and seven teams behind them. And then the Packers at five, seven, and one um, behind those three, six, and seven teams. Now, my crazy thing about all of this is I have another wild prediction is I think Aaron Rodgers runs the table and they end up going eight, seven, and one, but the Vikings end up stumbling to like a seven, eight, and one record. And the Packers end up getting in that eight, seven, and one. Because I don't trust any of those three teams that are sitting at six and seven. So, so you think the Packers beat the Bears here? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think that's the key game, obviously, but the Jets and the Lions aren't like teams that can conceivably mount like a mount a great game against the Packers. So who'd win a tiebreaker between Vikings and Packers if they're both eight, seven and one. Cause I think that's how it plays out. Well, if, if they both end up win at eight, seven and one, the Vikings would end up winning the tiebreaker just because the Vikings ended up beating the Packers this year. And then the other game was that tie. So I think, so, so you think the Packers are going to beat the bears? Well, the Packers would have to run the table conceivably to be able to even make the playoffs. So, yeah. Hmm. So I'm not sure that they could beat the bears who are at home. Yeah, I think it it's definitely going to be a tough game. So, with the caveat of if the Packers beat the Bears this week, then I think they make the playoffs for whatever got like it'll it'll be crazy, but I that's like my prediction. Like you you can't count the Packers out, I think. I can't yeah, and, you can't count Aaron Rodgers out. Yeah, and then the Panthers, they have a tough schedule. They have the Saints twice still and I'll cross the them off. You're you're just crossing them off right now. So yeah, I agree with you, Seattle as the fifth seed. I have for me, I have the Saints as the first seed actually. Second okay. Rams, third Bears, fourth Cowboys, fifth Seattle. Great call on that one, Kev. Um, Thank you. Thank you. As as my sixth seed here, though, you know, I want a great call on my own, and I'm going to stick with the Vikings here. You're sticking with the Vikings. So you're putting all your trust on Kirk Cousins, who couldn't muster up a great offensive drive today against that Seattle defense. I mean, Seattle's a hot team right now, right? So Seattle's a hot team. Um, You know, obviously a little disappointed that, you know, the Vikings couldn't get it done. But, you know, it's, it's it's a tough away game to play um, in Seattle. I agreed. I, I think. I, I mean, sorry. I just look ahead. at you know Dalvin Cook, Thielen, uh, who's having like one of the best, you know, one of the great wide receiver seasons. Even though he's started to slow down, Diggs, who's um, you know played well, and this Vikings defense, who's played pretty solidly against like the run and pass, right? It's 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 Kirk Cousins who's play, you know, keeping this team at average with his average quarterback play. Yeah, and it's become below average in the past two weeks against the Patriots and then today against the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Like, I watched the whole Seattle Seahawks game today, and he did not look good at all. Like, it was just him just checking down the ball a lot and him looking pretty skittish in the pocket against the Seattle Seahawks, like, defensive line. My, I mean, my worry for them is that they're going to kind of fall apart towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and I I wouldn't be surprised if they did and they ended you, you up you think going, they're going to lose to the Dolphins this week well I I'm if, if you predict yeah if exactly, you predict the if Dolphins I'm predicting the Dolphins to make the AFC playoffs or the playoffs in the AFC and then the Vikings not to make it I pretty much have to have the Dolphins winning this game um and then I I think that there's going to be enough at stake for the Bears to be playing some of their starters in Week 17. 
So I think the Bears end up winning that game. So the Vikings end up being 7-8-1. and one. Um, So I don't really trust the Vikings. And they, you know, the whole start of the season, like, can you remember in the offseason, like, this was the hot team to jump on the Super Bowl bandwagon. And at this point, they're looking very precarious to to kind of miss the playoffs or make the playoffs. They're sitting in yeah. that sixth seed. So, and then, so we talked about the Panthers. You're crossing them off. Um, the Eagles have a tough schedule as well. Like, they have the Rams left. I don't have them off too. They have the Texans, and then they have the Redskins in the last game. I think they could definitely win that Redskins game, but they might be going one and two to possibly miss or make the playoffs. And I'm not. Yeah, they got to run the play here. They got to win the next three games to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm not very confident that they could even muster a challenge against the Rams team. Um, I think the key game was, was for them was to win that Dallas game this past weekend, and I think they knew yep. how important that was for the for the greater sake of their uh, for their season. And I think that loss ended up taking them out of playoff contention, even mm-hmm. though they're sitting at six and seven. And I think the Redskins are clear cross off. They're starting yep. Josh Johnson. Um, Josh Johnson third string quarter he's like a fourth string quarterback at this point Sanchez did not look good I mean that wasn't shocking at all not a surprise that's a Jets fan not shocked yeah not shocked I mean yeah the Giants looked amazing against uh that Redskins team but they're sitting at six and seven and they probably had the most favorable schedule up with the Jaguars the Titans and the Eagles but I don't trust in a fourth string quarterback uh that they basically brought off brought in off the street. So I'm not exactly sure I really trust them at all. Um, so those three, six and seven teams all have flaws and I don't trust any of those teams. But the, if I'm putting my trust in one team, I'm probably putting my trust in Aaron Rodgers. But the way that the, the tiebreakers work, I think like the smart move would probably be to put your money on the Vikings but mm-hmm. it would just be a lot of fun to see Aaron Rodgers play against like the Chicago Bears in that in that first round of the wild card playoffs. Yeah, I mean, did you see some of the plays Joe Philbin was was um, you know Challenging. the way that yeah just just the sort of challenges in the beginning and the fact that he started the game off um, not using Aaron Jones like what what was that? I don't know, but that was very concerning for me <laughs> as a fantasy owner. You know, um, as so, I might not, yeah. I I might put my faith in Rodgers, but I think I'd put my faith in um, Mike Zimmer a little bit. Yeah, more. Mike Zimmer more than Joe Philbin here. Yeah, I think Joe Philbin pretty much. I think he like, loses the game for them. I think Joe Philbin loses the game for them. That's entirely possible. Starting this weekend against the uh, Chicago Bears said so that's entirely possible that they, that Joe Philbin ends up costing the Packers a, a, a playoff chance this weekend. Um, I would not be surprised about that, but it kind of looked like Aaron Rodgers was back to his like old ways against the Falcons. Um, yeah. Him, Devontae, that connection. Yeah. yeah it seemed like he was kind of like calling his own plays and was kind of like, all right, Mike McCarthy's not here. Now let me step up my game so I can, like, kind of show off and be like, oh, this is the Aaron Rodgers that we've been missing all season. And I think it's just kind of – it's just, like, unfortunate that there has to be a lot of things that end up happening at this point for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I think I think the playoffs are more – I mean, I'd be happy with either Vikings or the uh, Packers in the playoffs here, to be honest. Yeah, so it seems like you kind of are leaning towards the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I think I I'm, realistically, I'm leaning more towards the Vikings as well, but I just want to see Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs. So it would be make fun a run. to kind of, right, it would kind of be fun to see them make a run and see. Just because whenever you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance at uh, advancing. Um, yep, far in the playoffs. Yeah, so agreed. As we kind of transition, we alluded to some fantasy nuggets during the podcast. 
how is your fantasy playoff season going? Are you still in? Did you are you still alive in the playoff race? Um, or are you kind of taking an early exit? Yeah, so in one of my leagues, um, it was not looking good. It really was not looking good. Uh, you know, I drew Brees, Leonard Fournette, um, just just not great. And uh, the worst part about it was I had Derrick Henry on the bench. But, you know, who came to save my season? Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper saved my season. See, Amari and, Cooper is just saving everyone's season. He's saving the Dallas Cowboys season. He's saving Michael Wu's fantasy fantasy season. It just he's just such a giving person. And I knew he was worth that fourth round pick, right? Like Amari Cooper, it, this reflects so poorly on the Raiders. Um, not 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 even um, you know Gruden, but more on Derek Carr, right? Right. Like the fact that Derek Carr couldn't you know get Amari Cooper to where he's at right now with Dak like it's 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 pretty you know pretty bad for him well and I mean if you take both of those players Derek Carr and Dak Prescott you're probably Derek Carr right you would think Derek Carr with the amount of Pro Bowls that he's made and just kind of like the thought like his reputation as a thrower of the ball and yeah he was almost uh you know, top five MVP candidate one year. Yeah, a couple of years back, yep. But, yeah, overall, Amari Cooper saved my season in one of my leagues. Uh, got the win, so passed the first round of the playoffs there in the, in the fours for that. Um, you know, tough. It, it, it's going to be a good week next week, too, because I've got Melvin Gordon coming back, hopefully, and Matt Burita as well. So we won't have to play anymore. Jalen Samuels. But it's a little tough. I guess one decision I'm still thinking, like, do I ride the hot hand with Derrick Henry? So do I play Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Derrick Henry, Brita, or Jalen Sandals? I mean, I think my thinking is the Derrick Henry thing is just such an obvious letdown game for next week. That's just my thinking. Like, everyone's going to start him because of, like, his 200-something yards that he ended up rushing for and two touchdowns. But my thinking is that the Giants are going to be well aware of what he did last week. And it's just such a classic letdown game that I'm kind of steering clear of him. You like, it's kind of like that thing of like, you missed your chance. So you're not even going to go there to try to see, because he's still splitting carries with Deion Lewis. Um, that's you think my, so? You don't think he, he gets more of the share? He might. But, I mean, I I think they serve two distinct roles in that offense in that, like, he, Derrick Henry ends up coming off on third down and Deion Lewis gets a, a decent ca- amount of the carries and, within that offense, depending on the, the game script and how the game flow is going. So, my thinking is, if I'm you, I'm probably starting Fournette starting uh sorry yeah against washington and then starting melvin gordon probably starting and then probably starting rita Um, if yeah if he's healthy if not i think you know i also have doug martin too who's been getting a lot of carries and is a consistent floor of like 10 points yeah so i think you have a lot of options running back wise but for me, I think the Derrick Henry thing is just, like, such a clear, like, oh, he did so well last week that everyone's going to be like, I don't want to regret this. And I I think it's more a one-off fluke c- compared to a, oh, this is a sign of things to come. Because I think mm-hmm. if you look at his, like, his past performances, there was no real evidence that he was, like, trending towards that anyway mm, interesting yeah i'll have to do some research but i am intrigued i mean i am thinking gordon fournette but then that flex spot between uh you know you know tyler lockett Derek henry and uh Brita here okay so i mean i yeah i think so i what, would i think i would lean towards Brita just because of maybe the consistency aspects but 
But that other guy, you know, that other guy on the uh, 49ers, the uh, other running back, looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look good. Or even someone like, even like Doug Martin, like you're alluding to, or um, I kind of liked what Jalen Samuels did, especially if Connor is out um, for that game against the Pats. Um, and it's being reported that it's he's that full to play. So even if Samuels gets a start there, like I I wouldn't be opposed to starting him as well because he got a decent amount of touches and he would be featured as one of the one of the guys in that Steelers offense. And and who do you have? So before we get to my other playoff league, um, anything interesting in your fantasy football league? Yeah, so I was on a bye this week because I finished in second at the end of the regular season, and I ended up scoring the most points out of all the players in the league just by with all the players that I ended up starting. So I wasn't playing anyone, but I I scored the most amount of points. Doesn't mean anything at all. And I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about this week because of the matchup that I drew in that the I would say I'm probably the first or second highest point scorer. And then the guy that I drew is like on a really hot streak and that he has a lot of good um, fantasy scorers slash producers. He, he has, he has like a Christian McCaffrey or something. No, he has like Andrew Luck, DeAndre Hopkins, Juju, Smith Schuster, Ezekiel Elliott, Sony Michelle, T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton, and then if James Conner comes back, James Conner, and then Jalen Samuels. So he has, like, a lot of guys that can produce a good amount of points. So that's that's the worry for me. And, I mean, you just never know with what fantasy happens. But I'm I'm pretty locked down in terms of players for me for next week. I think I have... I think the worry that I was alluding to with Aaron Jones being able to get some carries, like I have no idea what Joe Philbin was doing at the beginning of that game. So I have Aaron Jones against the Chicago defense, which granted is a really tough start, especially with Chicago being such a good defense and the uncertainty of what Joe Philbin is going to do with him. Um, do I start him or do I start Lamar Miller against the New York Jets? I mean, I honestly might go towards. I I, I would strongly consider Lamar Miller. It sort of depends what you want. I think that Lamar Miller has a potentially higher floor with, uh, you know, Aaron Jones having the higher ceiling here. But, you know, Lamar Miller has been averaging at least like 10 points per game for the past four weeks with a nice little 20-point game in there. Um, and it looks like they are trying to get him the ball, and he is getting the red zone carries. So, I, I I mean, Lamar Miller looks interesting. I'm not really sure what Joe Philbin was thinking playing so much. Um, you know, so, uh, and then, I mean, what, do, what then, are you thinking right now? I mean, I'm leaning towards Lamar Miller at this point, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of waiting to see what ends up happening. If there's like any quotes about um, Joe Philbin kind of like, oh, we're going to give Aaron the ball a little bit more. Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. that is not Aaron Rodgers. And then also kind of read and just do a little bit of research in terms of like if Chicago's defense is actually that good against the run and stuff like that in fantasy. So, yeah. I mean, it's a huge worry for me, but it's, I mean, Aaron Jones is firmly entrenched in that starting running back position for Green Bay. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about whether or not he's going to get enough of a workload, um, mm. especially with, it seems like Aaron Rodgers kind of running his own offense at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could certainly see that. Um, yeah, I, I might err towards Lamar Miller for this game here. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Like, my projected amount of points is 110, and the other guys is 109. So, it's going to be a a fairly close matchup between the both of us. Um, So, we'll see what ends up happening. So, I'm very excited about 
this weekend. I'll be done with finals. I'll finally be able to sit on the couch, watch these games in full. Are there any games before we end up leaving um, today? Are there any games this weekend that catch your eyes um, that you know you're going to be sitting in front of the TV on of on Sunday? Oh, before we get there, so I just wanted to uh, oh, yeah, talk about the other finish. Right, right, right. Run through really quickly the other fantasy football league because I do think this is a it's a really tough one. So we're already in the top four here. This is a two week playoff kind of league, and um, you know the first week I got outscored by you know ninety eight point five to ninety seven point nine. So it's extremely close here. Amari Cooper once again uh, making this close for me here, but you know overall um, some interesting potential. Uh, lineup decisions here. I have Russell Wilson and I have Tom Brady for next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm erring towards playing Tom Brady for next week. Another interesting one is Trey Burton or playing this guy, Ian Thomas, you know, Greg Olson's replacement mm-hmm. representing, uh, you know, Greg Olson representing Wayne, New Jersey. Yep. And I think a final one here um, is just around, you know, whether to play the Chicago defense, who's playing Green Bay, or playing the Buffalo defense, who's playing Detroit. Those three. I'd be playing – I play Chicago defense against Green Bay, um, even though I I think I think Detroit's, like, good enough offensively that they can put up some points against uh, Buffalo. Um Tight end wise, who was between Ian Thomas and who is the other name? Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Ian Thomas was heavily featured in that game against uh, um, this weekend um, for the Panthers. And I um, do like the Saints matchup. Yeah, I I would start Ian Thomas in that game, and then Agreed. and then your the QB position. So you have. You have uh, Tom Brady over Russell Wilson. Yep. It's a, I think it's a really interesting game because, I mean, you know Tom Brady's going to be throwing the ball, um, especially. And it's, it's expected to be a pretty tight game this weekend. So I'm pro- I would probably lean towards Tom Brady. Um, and then, you know, the Seahawks 49ers game, even though it's a divisional game, that game could get out of hand pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be too surprised if, you know, Seattle just ends up running the ball a bunch and is throwing it very um, a few amount of times. Yeah, so I think we are in agreement. You know, Brady, Bears, Ian Thomas Thomas about to take me to the promised land. I know. Yeah, and hopefully you make it to the finals in both of your leagues. And – I do as well so that we can bring home some money, go Christmas shopping with some of that money, make some nice, fun purchases as well. So, Mike, before we end up leaving, there's a couple games that we want, I wanted to highlight for next week. Um, we got Cowboys-Colts. We got the Chiefs-Chargers game this Thursday, which is going to be a fascinating game to watch as well. Um, I think – the Bears Packers game is going to be fun to watch. Patriots Steelers, Eagles Rams, Saints Panthers. All those games are going to have teams that have both teams have playoff implications uh, regarding them as well. So, um, is there any game that you're specifically looking out for to to watch and enjoy? Hello. Hello. Hey. So yeah, I think I think the one I'm most excited for here is the Chargers Chiefs. Um, I think this game has a lot of, uh, it, you know, it's just like the best of the AFC, right? In my eyes, I even though the Chargers might get the five seed, for me they are, you know, one of the top three teams probably with the Patriots. Um, so I think that's that's going to be a really interesting game, and if the Chargers could win it here, uh, I I I mean they might get the one seed and might be the favorite here uh, for the playoffs. 
So I think that for me is one of the most one of the most interesting games. I think the Packers Bears, like we talked about a lot, um, you know, if the Packers want to make the playoffs, they have to win this game, in my opinion. Here, uh, yeah. other interesting games: Dolphins Dolphins Vikings. If my Vikings want to make the playoffs, they have to win this game here. That's true. And the Patriots Steelers, like both coming off of pretty pretty embarrassing losses. losses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tough losses here. Like, this is you know who's going to bounce back, and I I think that it's going to be the Patriots. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested to see the outcome of that game and see what ends up happening. But I'm definitely looking forward to be being done with finals on mm-hmm. Friday so that yep. I can enjoy, relax, and watch some football um, during the stretch run into the playoffs. So, Mike, thanks for coming on again this week. And I look forward to having you on next week so we can break it all down again. Of course, it's going to be a great week of football. Good luck on your finals, Kev. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I guess for the, for our Jets, we're just kind of hoping that they continue. Like, oh, they yeah. Ended up shout winning. out. Shout out for the win. They they ended up winning against the Bills um, on a gutsy fourth and, fourth and um, goal situation. But – I'm kind of hoping they don't win too many games so that we have pretty good draft position so we can draft the offensive lineman or a pass rusher. Um, so that's what I'm looking out for. <laughs> yeah, we, we really need to shore up the line here and maybe pick up some wide receivers while we're at it. Yeah, so basically need to pick up everything besides possibly a quarterback. So... And a safety. We took enough yeah, safety last year. Exactly. Marcus May, Jamal Adams. So we got enough safeties as well. So hopefully we're able to get a decent offensive lineman so that we could keep Sam Darnold upright. So thanks, Mike, again for coming back on and uh, look forward to hearing from you next week. Awesome. Take care.